Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. You know, we look to a new year, but we're also looking back um, at 2022. And so today in our service, in our sermon time, we're going to take a few moments just to open up the scripture, but then a, a good chunk of time just to hear from you, to hear stories from what God has done in and among us at New City. Uh, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about just a passage of scripture that I think is so important for us as we start 2023. You, you know that we had been looking at Advent in December, where we celebrate the coming of Jesus into the world. And as we turn the corner into the new year, the church around the world begins to look towards Easter when we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. And we tend to spend time in the Gospels during that time, which we'll do this year. Um, but that time of Jesus's public ministry really starts with one particular event in Matthew chapter 3, the, the baptism of Jesus. Uh, the church around the world, much of them call this, this epiphany, or the, when Jesus kind of showed up on the scene. And I think it's really important just to spend a few minutes in this text as we start 2023, and I'll tell you why. Let me read to you Matthew chapter 3. Then people from Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him, that's John the Baptist, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Can you say confessing their sins? Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? Jesus answered him, allow it for now, because this is the way to fulfill, for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water, and the heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And you can leave it on that scripture text just for a moment. As we start 2023, as you start a new year, every year you want to do what? New Year's, new year's resolutions, right? And we all sort of groan because we know, like, they're just hard. It's hard to start over. I mean, it's great to start over, but it's hard to keep those resolutions going throughout the whole entire year. Uh, you know, I do some business coaching on the side, and so I worked with salespeople and executives and try and help them implement new things in the new year. And so I really love that sense when there's a fresh start. Even yesterday, as I was thinking about going from 2022 to 2023, I sort of had this cathartic release where it's like, I get to start all over, right? It's, it's a completely new beginning. But then I started to think about it a little bit more, and I was like, wait a minute, why does that feel so freeing to me? Uh, because as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, every day is a new beginning because of what Jesus has done for me. And I started to think about New Year's resolutions, and, I, and I'm not knocking New Year's resolutions, I think they're good for you. It's an opportunity to start over. Yet at the same time, I, I realize that as we look back at the year, there's part of us that really wants to just get out of the mess we made from the year before. Now, maybe it's our own mess, or maybe it's the fact that other people created some mess around us, but 
Man, by the end of the year, I feel all contorted inside. I look back and I look at the things that I wish I had done differently and the mistakes I made and, and the sin that I'm trying to overcome. And I'm like, man, I just want to forget all that. I want to get out of my mess and start over. Yet in this passage, we see something completely different. We see people coming to the, to the Jordan River to be baptized by John to confess their sins, to confess the mess they've made to confess their rebellion against God. And then we see something very interesting. Jesus comes to John the baptizer and gets in line to be baptized with sinners, to be baptized by people who need cleansing, or with people who need cleansing, to be baptized along with sinners. And John rightly asks, now wait a minute, man, uh, you don't need to be baptized because this is for sinful people who have turned their hearts far from God and this is an opportunity for them to symbolize that they're gonna turn their hearts to God and Jesus, you don't need to do that because he's sinless. He's created no mess. So why does he insist on being baptized? Well, he says to fulfill all righteousness. And what he means by that is the whole movement of his ministry is into our mess. Jesus, the perfect one, comes from heaven to earth, what we celebrate at Advent. But then he comes and asks to be baptized because he's entering into the mess of humanity. And although he is sinless, he will never sin, he has never sinned, he never committed anything that violated God's law at all. He insists on getting into the water where messy sinners go because he identifies with sinners. Even though he's sinless. Even though he's sinless. And so for you and I, you know, as we turn 2022 and go into 2023, yeah, we kind of want to leave that mess behind, but let's not forget that Jesus comes into our mess. We often think about getting out of our mess, but Jesus was baptized with sinners to symbolize that he was getting into our mess with us. And then therefore, our identity becomes our relationship with him. You know, if I'm honest and I think about the resolutions that I wanna make for the new year, some of them have to be with like, I wanna become this great person, right? Like. I'll be a better person if I can lose 15 and a half pounds, right? If I can stop these bad habits. Like, it says something about who I am. And, and that's, that's not necessarily bad. Again, I'm not knocking that. But at the same time, we need to recognize something else, that when Jesus gets into the water with sinners, he is identifying with sinners so that when we repent and believe in him, our identity becomes him. So the, the deepest part of who you are is your relationship with Jesus. If you have turned away from running your life and you've given it over to the king, he has completely forgiven you past, present, and future. And now the father, God, the God of the universe, is your father and he delights in you. And that is the deepest identity that you have if you know Jesus. Because right here, a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. 
The Father is affirming the Son as Jesus begins his ministry. Jesus is going to go through some very tough things. Right after this, he goes into the wilderness and he's tempted by the devil. But not before the Father lets the Son know that he is his beloved and that in and that the Father is well pleased in him. And if you are in Jesus, you are the Father's beloved as well. Nothing could be more important for you than understanding that as you go into the new year. It's not necessarily about getting out of your mess. It's about seeing Jesus come into our mess. It's not about forming a brand new identity. It's about realizing that your deepest identity is found in Jesus. And when your identity is in Jesus, you realize that you are the Father's beloved. I hope you take that into 2023 because I guarantee if, if you get that at a deeper level, no matter what happens in 2023, it will be a great year because your heart will be alive to Jesus and who he is. Amen? You can clap for Jesus. That's okay. So I, I want to take a few moments and just remind you of everything that God has done in our church this past year. When we started the new year, we had three focus, three focus. Focus 2022 was about this, praying the word, and I'll tell you about why. So the first one, praying the word, we realized that coming out of COVID, everything was upside down, and I felt like my spiritual disciplines were a mess, and so I figured if mine were, you guys were as well, and we needed something to help us get back on track. So we decided to learn how to pray God's word back to him. And so over the past year, you've gotten a daily email that um, has come into your inbox so that together as a church, we can pray the word. But then we also decided to focus on blending to belong. Uh, as God's blended family, uh, we are gathering to worship him. But we did a survey maybe about a year and two months ago, and we found a lot of people in the congregation felt this. The church is warm and loving, but I don't feel like I really belong. Some of that was coming out of COVID, like we didn't see each other, right? But if we're really going to be family, if we're going to be a blended family, that sense of belonging to one another in Christ is really important. So we focused on blending to belong. And then lastly, healing to wholeness. I think as we went through COVID, it was incredibly stressful. And during those times, people's mental health declined. During those times, we struggled with addiction. During those times, people went through depression. And we thought, this is not how God has created us to be. What would it look like for us to seek healing in order that we can experience the shalom, the peace of God as we walk together in Christ? So those were our three focus for the year. Our first one was blending to belong. And I just want to highlight a couple things that we did in order in, in line with that theme. The, one of the first things we did in the new year was we had the bowling party. Do you guys remember the bowling party? That was fun. I love uh, Paul and Becky in the front there holding the bowling ball like it's a trophy. <laughs> that cracks me up. And then uh, a couple months later, the women from the church went to the dojo I go to, and we did a women's basic self-defense class. It, who was there? Yeah? Did you go home and use any of that on Chris? Yeah. You still remember. 
And really the idea was we're doing stuff that's just fun. We wanna get to know each other and be a family again. And so we also had several men's gatherings where we got together and we had grill and chill night. We also had breakfast together. And then that was leading up to something we tried in the fall, which was our first all-church gathering midweek since COVID started. And we did this series called Life Explored, where we went and had uh, dinner together in the backyard, and then we came in here and, and went through this video study together and really had a great time. And so that was all about blending to belong. And I wanted to bring up two people who would share a little bit about what God did in their life through that theme. So I'm gonna ask Nat and Jean if you guys would come up. Let's welcome them. Come on up. Now, Nat's been at the church for a while, and Jean is new to the church, although it feels like she's been here a long time. Uh, the way that I met Jean was kind of a divine moment because I was walking into the church one morning, and she lives in the neighborhood and was just walking by, and, and there was like, we kind of caught each other's eyes, and I didn't know her, but I think we both sensed that like we were supposed to talk to each other, and so uh, I started talking to her, and she started talking back to me, and then that next Sunday, she came to church, and She's been here ever since. So, um, so let me ask Jean first. Can I hand you this microphone? And as you've come to New City, you've been here just about two and a half months, something like that. How has God deepened your sense of belonging to New City even in those couple months? Well, just, I mean, passing by, I knew that I had to be in here. Wow. I wow. knew. And from the first moment I walked through that door, Chevelle, I love you. I love you. <laughs> a lot of you I don't know. Some of you I know. And you've been a blessing to me. You don't know it, but you've been a blessing to me. You welcome me with open arms. And to think about the love that I received when I first walked through that door, I praise God for each and every one of you. Sometimes I, I cry because I feel the love that God gave to you, you gave to me. I just, I'm at a loss for words because I never experienced the love that each and every one of you showed me. And my grandson, I should say. <laughs> you welcome him. And I appreciate it, because that's all he talks about. <laughs> and I couldn't get him to come today, because he had a party last night. And he said, Grandma, I'm tired. <laughs> so I thank each and every one of you for the love that you've shown me from, the day, from day one up until now. And 2023 is going to be an awesome year for us yeah. as a family. Amen. Thank you for welcoming me. Amen. Now, Jean told me she wasn't good at public speaking. And she's like, I'll do it, but I'm not, I, I don't believe her anymore. Her grandson, her grandson was so sweet. How old is your grandson? He's eight. He's eight. He, he came up to me two weeks ago, and he said, Pastor John, I've been trying to say good morning to you all this morning, but you haven't come near me. Like, you, you know, I just didn't know. He was a, and he said this. He goes, I just want you to know that I love you. And I oh. It's the sweetest thing. So we're glad he's part of this church too. 
Let's ask Nat, same question, Nat. How did God deepen your sense of belonging at New City this year? I'm such a poor public speaker, I have to write it down. (laughs) Um, By leading me to participate in various events, regardless of convenience and cost, and I don't mean financial cost, I mean time and energy. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. So it may not be convenient, but thanks to the power of God, it's always a blessing and encouragement. The men's gathering and the life groups, thanks to Chris Curtis and your leadership, John, were very good and very encouraging to me, especially your messages. Thanks, Dad. Which is how I got here. My family was looking for a church. We were watching uh, another church on um, YouTube. And my father-in-law said to me, Chris Jordan said, you better check this guy out. And I checked him out. And my whole family joined the church. Thanks. Amen. Let's thank, let's, let's clap for them. We love you both. Thank you for taking a risk and coming up here and sharing. I appreciate you both. (laughs) Uh, You know, one thing Nat said as they they come down, one thing Nat said um, where he said this, he said, you know, he felt compelled to participate in events regardless of their convenience. And I think one of the things that we have to realize about belonging is it's not just magic, right? It's not like, I want to belong, right? You, You have to show up and you have to blend. You have to engage people. You have to ask someone out for coffee. You have to be consistent. It doesn't just happen one event, like I I came to one event and only one person talked to me. Well, come again. Come again and go talk to someone else because that feeling that you feel where you want to belong, everyone else feels that as well. And so this year, let's not forget that theme of blending to belong. Let's continue to engage one another. One of the things for me that says that that sense of belonging is growing is when people give their time, their talent, and their treasure. You might have gotten an email over the last few weeks just saying that we're trying to raise $20,000 in special giving above and beyond tithes and offerings just so we can have $20,000 that creates more opportunities to reach people for Jesus as we go into the new year. And um, it was fantastic. Last night, I think we were at like $12,000 out of that $20,000. And I sent out some emails and I sent out some texts And I'm happy to say that we went over $20,000 by the end of last night. We had $20,000 in extra end of year giving. And why I love that is it just says people care, right? They want to be here. They want to give. They want to sacrifice. So thank you for your generosity. Very encouraging to me and the rest of the church. One thing in relationship to that blending to belong before we go to the next topic is our next midweek gathering, which won't start this Wednesday, but will start a week from Wednesday. We're gonna be doing a series, a course called Collab, Partnering with Purpose as the People of God. And it's gonna be a Bible study about what it means to be family together. You know, we live in the most individualistic society that has ever existed. What that means is we swim in individualism and we don't even realize that that's abnormal. Now compare that with God. 
and I think I'm safe to say this, God has never done anything without collaboration. In other words, from creation through salvation and redemption to the end of the Bible, God is always working together as the Trinity, but then also bringing people into partnership with him and collaborating with them. You know, you can think about Genesis 1, where it says, let us make man in our own image. And then right from the get-go, he commissions Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. He says, I'm not gonna do it all. I'm gonna commission you guys to do it all. And so here we are in this individualistic society, and yet we worship a God who always collaborates whenever he does anything. And so through this study on Wednesday nights, we're gonna learn what it means to partner with purpose as the people of God. And that starts not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. So that's our theme, blending to belong. Our next theme is uh, praying the word. And I'm gonna ask Chris Curtis and Tristan and Larry to come on forward. Let's welcome them as they're coming up. And part of praying the word was, I mentioned we had these daily emails that came out and I figured it out, we had about 255 daily emails during the weekdays where we were praying together. And maybe you're like, man, I missed two weeks of that. Well, that's okay. Someone else was carrying the prayer burden during that time, but our church prayed together during that time. And some of you found that so meaningful. I remember hearing from Ellie that that was one of the most meaningful things for her this year as she was raising these three little kids. So that's fantastic. But we, ended, we tried to end the year strong. Come on over here, guys. We tried to end the year strong with praying the word. And I want to turn it over to Chris and let him share a little bit about what he uh, challenged some of the men to. Well, about a month ago, uh, outside of the church, some friends of mine approached me and said, hey, uh, we'd like to challenge you, myself, to pray with us. And uh, here's the challenge. For the next 21 days commit to one hour of uninterrupted prayer every single day. And um, I thought, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, I thought that because, you know, as long as I've been a Christian, prayer is just probably the hardest Christian discipline that I encounter. Um, And there's ebbs and flows, uh, but as I shared with the men, I think I would be honest in saying uh, that there's more ebbing than flowing over the years. And so I took him up on the challenge, not knowing if I could really do it. Um, And then we connected over uh, text every morning. Somebody would text and just say, hey, done. Uh, And here's a passage that helped me or whatever. And as the couple weeks transpired, I thought, okay, I've got this thing coming up with the men at New City. We're going to get together. We're going to eat. And and that's all good. And I said, what? Maybe I could do this with them. And so I just spent a little time praying about it and and hoping that out of, I was guessing 15 or so guys would show up to the event, I was hoping maybe two or three would actually respond. I think 10 responded. And so for me, I'm like, whoa, this is a major victory. Um, And hopefully most of us will be able to carry through uh, our course through the uh, next 21 days. Today is the last day. This is day 21. We've finished the, those three weeks together, and uh, so thankful for it. But I was thinking about um, these two guys coming up here, and I wondered because, you know, I responded a very specific way when I was asked initially. I'm curious, whenever I asked you initially, uh, what, was your, what was your response to that question? 
21 days, prayer every day, and hopefully an hour or at least a, a, an extended period of time. What was your response there, Larry? Well, you had asked what was my first thought, <laughs> and, and I shared it with you that night. My first thought was uh, a number of years back, I had committed with four other people, my wife, we were going to pray for an hour a day, and it was at six in the morning, and the memory just popped in my mind. Before we were married, my wife is outside my house, banging on my bedroom window, Larry, get up, it's time to pray. <laughs> and that is the first thought I had. And then it was like, you know what, this will help. I mean, this is a challenge to me to uh, my prayer life uh, lately before that, was I was being lazy with it, but it was like, you know what, that commitment, I need it. I need to challenge. Well, you stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, similar. I was, um, I guess, being lazy was a good way to put it. Um, I knew that I needed to ramp up in my prayer, prayer life and uh, just take things more seriously. And um, the challenge was just more of a conviction of, you know, I was in a place of, well, tomorrow I'll start, and then tomorrow I'll start, and tomorrow I'll start. So uh, the challenge just kind of helped me make tomorrow, you know, today. Amen. Now, Pastor John was a part of that group. So what was your response? <laughs> He's calling me out because my first response was, Chris, no one will do it. Let's not do it. And, um, and then that, you know, which was like my fleshly heart, you know. And then the challenge, he gave, and I was like, no, okay, you can issue the challenge. I was like, and he did that. And in a moment, I was like, I've got to be a part of that. And, um, and so we really tried to encourage each other and, hey, this isn't a performance before God. We're just trying to get to know God better. We're trying to spend time with him. But my first response was very fleshly, and I'll confess that to you. Yeah, no, it, it's, it is a challenge. And, um, you know, maybe it resonates more with guys because there's this spirit of competition, or at least we sort of stereotypically say that men are more competitive and we kind of thrive on that. But for whatever reason, you know, I'm just thankful God used it and uh, has changed us in, in the process. Um, one of the things that I think I learned about prayer these last 21 days with the guys is uh, it's messy. You know, I used to, uh, I would go into it and I would think, okay, I've got this set pattern. I would start off with praising God. Uh, then I would follow that by uh, confessing my sins. And then I would do this and then I would do that. But in the process of doing that, my mind would wander. And uh, I would be, you know, horseback riding with a basketball in my hand. And I'm like, what? How did my, what am I, you know, it's crazy where your mind will go. And it uh, didn't make sense to me. And I, I used to get frustrated. And I'm like, why can't I just stay focused? I just, why can't I do this thing? And then I stopped beating myself up and just said to myself, okay, just get back in. Just start where you left off. Go back to where you got distracted and get back into it. And I'm like, this is, this is life. And th these are conversations. If, if prayer is a conversation with our Heavenly Father, a, a person who wants to be in relationship with me, I think about my conversations with my wife, and I'm often not listening to what she's saying. I'm off someplace else. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, man. I got to confess this later. <laughs> but our conversations are messy, right? We, we get distracted, and we go down different rabbit trails, and we have to come back to where we started. And so uh, I found peace in knowing that my prayer life isn't going to look perfect. My life doesn't look perfect, but stay the course and continue to pursue God, right? 
the promise is, as I draw close to him, he will draw close to me. And that's what I wanted. And so I'm curious about you guys. Um, what have you learned about prayer these last 21 days? In some ways, the exact same things that you, you said. But last night, I, I wasn't getting up in the morning. I was praying in the evening. So last night during my prayer time, I'm like, I wonder who's winning the football game. <laughs> and the next thing, you know, let me check my phone. Oh, man, how, how come they're losing? I thought, I thought Georgia was going to win. They're so far behind you. Next thing you know, I'm looking at my phone. How did that happen? Because, oh, I'm supposed to be praying. But it's so easy to, to get distracted. But for me, it's the realization that prayer is work. Uh, it's basically difficult uh, at times. And unless you set a time for it and get serious about that time, uh, it doesn't happen. Everything else gets pushed out of your life. And I haven't had one day during the week. It's the end of the day. And my wife said, did you do your prayer time yet? I'm like, oh, man, I spaced out about the whole thing. And it was like, okay, go pray. But if you take the time and helping someone to come along and say, hey, how you doing, really helped. Um, I was also reminded just the power of prayer. Um, I guess like everybody, struggle with focus. So I've been writing my prayers down, and um, that's helped a lot. It helps me stay focused, and it helps later when things that you pray for come to fruition, you can go back and say, hey, look, I prayed for this on this day, and, and, and now it's come to pass. And I've been able to uh, share that with, you know, my wife and my son, and, and that way their faith grows. And when you have faith in smaller things and see those smaller, smaller things come to pass, it gives you encouragement to uh, have faith in, in the bigger things and the more important things. Pastor, what about you? Have you uh, learned anything over the 21 days about prayer that you yeah. could share? Am I on testing? Yeah. I would say it was, I can say it in one sentence. I think I went from prayer being a priority to being the priority. That was the change that came through with this was prayer was a priority in my life. And I think through this, I realized prayer needed to be the priority. So that's what I learned. You know, one of the things that happens is that prayer changes us. And um, one of the things I would say changed about me is that I realized I can do this. And uh, it's a sacrifice. You know, uh, Larry was just saying, I, I don't get up early in the morning, but I do. I knew that my day starts at 6 a.m. whether I like it or not. Dogs want to go out and kids want to get up and like, then the day is off and running and by the time I get home and do our usual routine, kids go down to bed and I'm like, I'm, I'm done. And so I had to start disciplining myself to get up an hour earlier than normal. And so that turned out to be really early for me, like 4.45 in order to make sure I got it in. And uh, I learned I can do this, and uh, in, in the process of doing it, it becomes not just a discipline, and sometimes it is a discipline, sometimes I just had to do it, but it becomes a, I, I want to be doing this. Um, I want and, and need to be doing this. So uh, it's changed my habit of how I go about my day, of course, but it is also changing my heart about the things that I want and recognize that I need in my life. What about you, Larry? How's it changed you over the last 21 days? Well, I just made a, a serious commitment to it that uh, this is 21 days is up, but I've made a commitment to continue doing it. The one thing he didn't mention is that to hold each other accountable, they're sending a text when they finished praying, 
and your phone will go ding, <clears throat> which I didn't realize at first. I don't get up in the morning, but when I first started doing it, my phone's like ding, ding, ding. Who's dinging me so early in the morning? <laughs> then I realized I better turn my phone down. But uh, for me, it, it's truly uh, challenged me, and I'm making a commitment to continue to go forward. Some days it, it was rough, sometimes it's hard, and sometimes it's just the most enjoyable thing. And I've had a, a number of times over the last few weeks, my wife said, you know what? That was a really great day. That was why. Um, my attitude as well has just changed in general towards prayer and being in relation with God. Um, I as well look forward to it now. Um, the, the beginning is challenging. And um, part of the prayer in the beginning is, Lord, help me through this challenge. And now at the end of the challenge, it's no longer a challenge. It's now um, just a new way of life, uh, something that I'll move forward with. And um, just understanding the power of prayer and, and how that can help in your life. Chris, I want to thank you for bringing the challenge to us at the end of the year. And and all of us who engage with praying the word, I think it... it uh, the fruit of that, we won't necessarily know right now. Um, the prayers that we prayed over the last year will bring blessings and open doors and the expansion of God's kingdom over years to come. So thank you for participating with it. And let's thank these guys for coming up here. Our last, uh, our last point that we focused on was healing to wholeness. And as I mentioned, coming out of COVID, you know, we were all in rough places. But not only that, I mean, some of us have had a lot of things in our own story that maybe we've never dealt with or maybe we've been able to kind of skirt by in life. And uh, COVID sort of brought them up to the surface. And as our country becomes more aware of mental health issues and mental illness and mental um, challenges, we, we said, listen, we want to take a year and really make sure that we're giving the people of this church an opportunity to find healing, whatever they're experiencing. And so one of the things that we did at the beginning of the year was we held the, the To Be Told class. Uh, my wife, Virginia, led this class, and it was basically understanding your life story, both the good and the bad stuff, and what God had done in the midst of that. And so we had a small group that met in here over five months on Saturday mornings, one Saturday a month, and just processed our story together and really came to a place of healing uh, in many ways. One of the things that we also did was um, Chevelle's family on the West Coast uh, lost a lot during the hurricane. And so we said, listen, it's not just that we want to be healed. We want to be agents of God's healing in the world. And so you all donated a lot of stuff for her to take to her family and bring hurricane relief. And that was awesome. Uh, not only that, but the King family, Jay and Kim, who were part of our church for a while and then moved to the Dominican Republic, uh, to do mission work related to music, found themselves in a situation where they were caring for five orphan children. And our church stepped up and said, listen, we, we want to help them. And so we were able to donate about $5,000 over last year to help those kids who had lost their parents. Awesome thing. Not only that, um, but last summer we decided to engage a ministry called The Verb Kind, and the Verb Kind was a ministry that goes into the detention centers all across Florida on Monday evenings. And so they said, please, we need people to go in and mentor the kids that are in there. Especially, we need men. 
And last summer, you guys really stepped up, and we were able to go and be part of this organization. I love this picture, all the guys from our church who went in to mentor kids. But we wanted to go in, and these kids were in a vulnerable moment, and just say, listen, we want to be there for them. The questions that they have, the decisions that they're making, the mistakes they're reflecting on, we want to be there in that moment in order that they might find healing to wholeness. Uh, so thank you for doing that, bringing healing to other people. I'm going to ask Chevelle to come up real quick and share her last thing. Um, you, you know, you all know Chevelle's story. Uh, part of that story and part of her healing from last year was that you had 10 years sobriety this past year. <laughs> and um, so that was a, a wonderful moment of healing in her own life. But Chevelle... As part of her own story, when she was incarcerated and being uh, a recipient of an angel tree project, you know, the people brought gifts to her kids. She's wanted our church to be involved with that over the last two years. And so Chevelle pushed us to bring healing to these kids. And so Chevelle, you know, as we had an amazing year doing angel tree stuff, what are some of your thoughts on bringing healing to kids out in the community? Yes, um, you know, it was quite awesome, especially how the church just jumped in and engaged, um, like um, just being a part of the angel tree. I think for the church and, and for myself, the healing was, the healing started when we actually realized what we were doing and who, and who we were giving the presence for. Um, and then even going out, well, even um, with people going out and buying the gifts and then bringing them back. And, and, I mean, everybody was excited. They were really excited. And there was never like a pushback. It was always going forward with, with the angel tree. And the church really, really stepped up and um, was a very big part of, of just um, making it happen for those children that didn't have their parents um, you know, to actually physically give them their um, Christmas present. Amen. I want to, this is our, the night that we went out, this is our team that went out, wonderful picture. And then uh, if you can go to the next, the next one, this is a little graph of comparing our first year in Angel Tree 2021 with 2022. Uh, we were able to serve 35 kids the first year and 85 this year. Yes. We were able to serve, and that was 12 families last year, 35 this year. And this is what I'm actually the most excited about is our team last year was 12 people, and then this year, 31 of you showed up that, that Monday night to bring the gifts to the kids. And so, you know, if, if you're not yet a Christian, I want to say this. We don't do this type of thing because we're good people. Like, we don't do this type of thing because we're do-gooders, we're like church do-gooders, we do this thing because we're sinners and God moved towards us in love with his son and we found forgiveness and healing in a brand new life through Jesus. And so then we wanna go out in the community and share the love that we have experienced ourselves. And so we do that not because we're good people but because God has been so good to us in Jesus. And I wanna thank you for leading. You did a great job, she pushed me. Chevelle's like, let's like double and triple the number. And I'm like, okay. Like, but um, you are a, such a force of love in this church. I'm so thankful for you. Thank and you. Thank you. And can I say another thing, Pastor John, is that 
when I was calling the, um, the caregivers, um, most of them was uncertain of how they were going to get gifts for the children, you know, because they were, they were um, you know, financially, um, they wasn't able to. And so when I called or some of the other ladies called and connected with the caregivers, they were so overjoyed. And some of them cried, you know, cried. And, of course, I cried with them. And um, just being so thankful, you know, that gifts were being um, bought for the children. So it was Amen. just really overwhelming. And then today, do you have that picture? Up? Do we have, Alex, can you put that picture up that we uploaded, the, the one before that, I think? There. Yes. So this is one of the care, um, caregivers. And I was sitting here, and we were in the 1001 meeting, and this picture came in. And um, she texted me with her um, husband, and actually... He wanted us. He wanted me to tell the church, "Thank you so much for getting his children um, presents." Um, it actually connected him back with his children this year. Amen. Um, That's what it's all about. Yeah. Let's give Chevelle a hand too. We're so thankful for you. Love you. We want to wind our service down by doing two things. Um, the first is we just want to spend a moment praying together. We pray in small groups as a church, and each Sunday, um, we just gather together with whoever's near you, and if you're new to New City and you're like, wait, what's going on here? Um, you can just sit and listen as other people pray. If you feel like you want to pray, then you can pray as well, but we're going to gather in small groups and pray specifically for this. We're going to thank God for what he did in us and through us in 2022, and as you pray, um, I'm going to... As you pray, I'm going to ask you to pray specifically. Like, what stuck out to you from what we just went over? And then after we're done praying, we're gonna take the Lord's Supper together and close our service. So find someone near you and just thank God. Uh, thank God for what he did in our church. And I'll call you back to take the Lord's Supper. Just thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.